0: Good evening to everyone. It's uh, our privilege to be together in this way and uh, study the scriptures and, yeah, to be reminded and encouraged. And uh, our fellowship, I think, is often a key point or important part of meetings like this. Just to uh, reiterate some of the things I said the other evening, for those of you who are, um, yeah, just a little backdrop, uh, we had two canceled evenings at winter Bible school. And, uh, I was, uh, one of the teachers at winter Bible school last January. And because of the snow, uh, we missed two evenings. And so they invited me to, uh, give those, uh, during winter Bible school. It is a considerably shorter time slot. And, uh, I way overshot in terms of material and, uh, actually found some pretty interesting things. I thought at least they were interesting to me as I studied them. And, uh, I shared some of those things last uh, Monday, or this past Monday, and uh, decided, and actually Lavelle encouraged me to consider maybe just uh, continuing that. And uh, so, yeah, again, I just want to uh, invite uh, your feedback and insight. I don't feel like I have, um, yeah, I I find myself as I studied this just even this afternoon and prepping again, I I find myself uh, not... Feeling like I'm able to to give um, um, just a lot of clear, um, definitive answers, especially to hypothetical questions. And uh, my clear position is that I can read this passage, and I mean, for me, there's only one way to read it, and that's in First Corinthians 11. In case you weren't here the other evening, and it's the passage of covering. But I'm sort of digging into the middle of that um, and using primarily only uh, one of Paul's arguments for covering, and that is the headship. And he goes, uh, Paul sort of goes into uh, gender roles, but it's picked up again in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, where uh, the the role of a woman and the role of a man is is, uh, highlighted or talked about. And I was actually also quite amazed at how many times in Scripture, both the Old and New Testament, um, you have this, uh, this concept of you know, teaching on, on gender roles. Um, yeah, the old is, is definitely has uh, teaching on it, and so does the new. The books of First Peter and First Timothy and uh, here in First Corinthians and more, have um, very clear teaching on the roles of, of men and women. <clears throat> now, again, I just want to uh, highlight verses uh, 7 to 9 in First Corinthians 11, but the, uh, the text actually starts it off way back in, uh, in verse 3, and then it sort of comes back, it circles back to this thing of headship, if you look at First Corinthians 11. And we're talking about the relationship between man and woman on this earth. Uh, How we do life here on earth um, with the two genders. And we know that from uh, creation, God created the man, Adam, from the dust of the earth. And makes it very clear that he was to have dominion over all the rest of creation. And God, or let me say it this way, Adam got his masculine glory directly from God. He demonstrated, um, or yeah, for, I don't know for sure how long it was. It, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know how long Adam was around. I'm guessing it was would have been mostly a day um, if we believe in a 24-hour period, which I do. It would have been part of the day that his responsibility was naming the animals. And that was was before Eve was even around. And Adam's responsibility of naming the animals was simply a demonstration of his authority, of his place in the creation, or among the creation. And it goes on then, like I said the other evening, that Eve was not created from the dust of the earth like Adam was. He was created from Adam's side, a rib, a complementary, a suitable helper for him. And this does not, in any way, imply that women are um, something less than man. In fact, in my opinion, I think the fact, to, to to me as a man, when I think of of a woman being formed from adam's side it it clearly denotes derivation or in other words a woman comes from man and it i think should inspire all of us men to be extra protective which is i think one of the primary roles of of men in general is and something that we need to teach our little boys is to to be protectors of of, uh, of women. A woman, or Adam, went on then and named Eve. That does not in any way mean that she is on the level of animals. Since he named the animals, it does not mean that a woman is in some way um, inferior. However, the creation order as is kind of given here in First Corinthians 11, and I showed you that the other evening. Uh, I have probably for too long thought of, in terms of, of this order and I think it's much more correct according to scripture to think of headship in this order uh, Christ is while he's subservient to God is not any less divine he, he complements the Godhead he complements God in that same way Woman is not unequal to man. We, together, as genders, answer to God. That's the order. However, God has created that there is a level of subservience or um, actually subordination maybe would just be a little bit of a better word when, when it comes... Yeah, that, that, it, it's an it's a order of function. It is not an order of rank. Um, we, we, we get that confused sometimes. I want to just make a point and say that just like Adam got his masculine glory from God through, um, through being surrendered to God or by being surrendered to God, Eve and women in general get their feminine beauty by being surrendered or being in, 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 a, in agreement with the men in their lives. And I'm not saying that in some sort of, some sort of weird way. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about at all. A woman, I think, gets her feminine beauty or her glory from having a right relationship with the men in her life. Uh, the godly men in her life, I should say. And I think that's, that's uh, at least partly what First Corinthians 11 is, is teaching. <clears throat> now I need to be just as clear that we all get our spiritual glory from Jesus. Our spiritual glory comes from, from Him and from Him alone. We do not get our spiritual glory from the opposite gender or the other gender of the, of the one we are. But I believe that man gets... His masculine glory by having a right relationship with God, and in that uh, correspondingly, uh, a woman gets her feminine glory from having a right relationship with the godly men in her life. <clears throat> now, it is to me not very much question that Satan attacked this very thing in the Garden of Eden, and he does it throughout all time. For instance, it makes it sort of clear here. That the order of headship starts with God, it goes through man to woman, in that order. The order of the temptation was how? It started with Satan and went to the woman and then to the man, exactly reverse of how God created it. I don't think we should be shocked by that. I don't think we should be surprised by that at all. Satan is in the business of attacking this very thing throughout all time, and it's no less that way today than it was then. It's a common line of attack where modern women are being told or the vibes are given to modern women, women of the 21st century, that they need to find themselves in some way. And the the way to do that is to go out and to live independently from the men in their lives or counter to the men in their lives and establish themselves. And I think that runs opposite to the teaching of this text and in other places in in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. I'm going to let you just uh, respond to that or maybe give a little bit of how you feel or what, some, maybe some thoughts that you'd like to leave, especially in relation to, to um, men getting their glory from God or being in submission to God and uh, women getting their feminine expression or their glory from through the man. And that is at least uh, talked about here in this passage a little bit, in verse 7, you have those three uh, glories, and two in verse 7 and one in verse 15, where it says that man ought not to cover his head for as much as he is in the image, he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man, it says, and then in verse 15, that a, Long hair, it says in verse 15, is a glory to her. Um, what are you What are you thinking about about that? Or how? Yeah. What would you like to say? Or questions discussion that you'd like to have on on just that little section right there? Um, disagreement or um, yeah clarification? Uh, yeah, uh, feel free to bring that. what would you like to say to that an answer to that question or anything else what do you think about that where is the glory coming from From God. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a, a glory, uh, yeah, a, a glory that that God gets. I don't think man gets it in some way or another. Uh, I guess I would look at it at least partially, maybe this is kind of a simplistic way of looking at it, but I, I think for a woman to recognize God's order of headship, and I, I know that this can be done not only by covering one's head or for a man uncovering his head, but when a woman gets herself dressed for whatever she's doing the day, or going out in some way, and she claims this glory, she is, she claims this order, she is bringing glory to God. And it, it places her in a, um, a, a place, according to verse, um, verse 10, where she has spiritual Power because of it. And a recognition, uh, um, yeah, like I said, a, a recognition or a demonstration of this principle gives her, according to verse 10, power of the angels or spiritual powers. I don't think it just necessarily means good angels, it can be good and bad. I think it's a, it's a public statement of, of one's. Um, Yeah, ascription to God's order. Any other thoughts or comments in relation to that? I think in the same way that it's uh, proper for a woman to be covered, it's that same um, propriety that comes into the play with, like Dwayne um, implied, where women or men are to be uncovered, and according to this passage, um, avoid long hair. All right, now I'm going to just... On through this again, uh, God created Adam after Eve. And I think it's, a, it's kind of interesting or maybe significant to mention, uh, to note that in, in 1 Timothy, it mentions this very thing. 1 Timothy 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, For I suffer not a woman to teach or to usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being in the seed was in the transgression. It's just bringing out, again, the, the problem that happened there where Satan turned the, the, uh, the headship order completely in reverse. Adam, according to this passage, was not deceived. He, he went into eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil completely aware, whereas God uh, appealed to the emotional um, side of a woman and... In turn, use the woman to appeal to the emotional side of Adam. Yeah, just interesting how, how Satan does that. Turns it upside down or runs it in the reverse order. Secondly, God created Eve for Adam. And that's uh, brought out in, uh, here in our text in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 9. And I think... Um, yeah, most of us men can can understand the the a bit of helplessness that that men can have without women in their lives. Uh, yeah, we, we we find ourselves very dependent, and yeah, we yeah we find ourselves very dependent on you, ladies. And I'm sure it's the other way around too. But um, I I see Adam in in Genesis two feeling loneliness and realizing that there was. The animals were in pairs, but he, there was only one of him. And I think it adds, uh, it adds, to me it adds some meaning to his excitement when, when Eve was, was created. Yeah, First Corinthians 11 verse 9 says, Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Maybe you have some thoughts on that. Anything you'd like to say on that? And just uh, um, again, it makes it clear here in verses seven and eight, and also in the Genesis account that Eve was created from Adam, not from the dust of the ground like Adam was. I think it adds a heightened level of man 's responsibility or men 's responsibility to two men and uh, two women and and four women. He was not taken. Uh, Let me see if I can get this together. Um, Something that uh, I've heard already. Uh, She was not taken from his feet to be his servant. She was not taken from his head to rule over him, but she was taken from his heart, close to his side to be loved and protected. And I think that's correct. Adam named Eve, and I don't have to, uh, I think I said enough on that. He named Eve, and I think that, uh, the fact that Adam named animals, and that was an illustration of his authority um, and order. There, I think, or maybe at least in in, in some ways, um, the fact that he named um, Eve, woman, in chapter two, and then in later named her Eve in chapter three. I think, in that same way, it it yeah, it, it's a, it's a responsibility that we men have to. Uh, And a responsibility of protection. I went through this the other night very quickly, and uh, I'll just put it up there again for you to look at. And uh, if you have any uh, thoughts on that, you're welcome to comment on that. right here I have the quote. If God would have wanted woman to rule over man, she would have been taken from his head. If God would have wanted woman to be man's slave, she would have been taken from his feet. But God wanted woman to be man's partner, his complement. And so she was taken from man's side, under his arm to be protected, close to his heart to be loved. And I'm not sure who or where that quote comes from, but it's clear... Um, it denotes companionship and partnership that should be present in in um, the, the gender relationships of whatever kind, not, not only marriage. <clears throat> if you go back to Genesis 3, you will see, um, um, maybe we could just turn to that, Genesis 3, and I uh, have a few things there I want to point out. And this is in relation to... Um, God's response, or his, how should I say, his edict to Adam and Eve and the serpent after they sinned. I think there's just some real interesting things here, and uh, again, I'd be glad to hear your thoughts in relation to this. Um, I, I wasn't sure if I used the correct words there, uh, if it was actually a creation principle here or a creation role. Or if this is a result of sin being in the picture now and, and it's, uh, we, we are left with sort of a messed up form of, of uh, what God wants. Um, yeah, maybe you could respond to that. What, what do you think about that? But let me just point out, God's words to, to, the, to, to Adam in verses 17 and following was that man would have trouble with his work uh work related problems we would we would have weeds, we would sweat, we would uh, labor over the ground that is just waiting to receive us, um, which it does through death and burial. woman on the other hand um, yeah i i don 't know exactly what to make of this other than what the text says in in Genesis three verses uh, fourteen and following. Uh, verse, 16, um, verse sixteen through uh, sixteen. Actually, it's just verse sixteen, and that it has to do with women or women um, having complexity in their lives because of their relationships with with um, I think people closest to them, uh, the men in their lives, and their children. There was going to be complexity brought into the picture as a result of of uh, of sin in their lives. Or sin in the world, I should say. <clears throat> in, in verse 17. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that corresponds with what, was, what we had in First Timothy as well. He was not deceived. He, he just passively went along with the plan. What would you like to say about anything in relation to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) What would you what are your thoughts in relation to that? The um, the Hebrew words there are for man is ish, I S H, and woman is I S H A, isha or something like that. It it to to me it it implies connection or it derivation. Like I said, a complement. Yeah, they're they're clearly you can easily see the the. The connection there in the Hebrew language, and and even in the in the English language, man and woman. Yeah, it's it's designed to to make uh, yeah, it's designed for connectivity, connection, uh, relationship, um, complementary uh, kind of uh, thoughts. I think. <clears throat> Anything else? Uh, what is adam saying in 223 and here's the verse adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man what is what is adam saying or yeah what's on his heart I think you can, it's not real hard for me to feel some of Adam's excitement as he wakes up and sees uh, this, yeah, person, Eve, <clears throat> somebody that was clearly uh, like him or, yeah, intended for for him. <clears throat> how <laughs> oh, did Adam know that she was taken from him yeah did he feel some sort of loss or yeah say it again <laughs> yeah He knew something had happened. Yeah. Um, What I would like to leave with this here, uh, maybe sort of through the rest of... Yeah, I'm going to keep kind of circling back to some of of these thoughts. And I've already sort of talked about that. And I, I think it's something that, as I study this, I think it's just especially heavy on my heart and something that I want to learn more about. And that is the idea of... The gender roles being designed to complement each other. Godly men and godly women are designed by God to complement each other. I think uh, it also implies, as I look at some of these, uh, especially Genesis three. Um, well, let me let me just let me just back up here and ask you a, a question. Um, if you're, let's say, let's say you're at a at a big uh, convention of some kind and you start to talk to the couple that's right behind you. Let's say it's a, let's say it's a marriage seminar, just yeah, for the sake of, or it's, yeah, any convention. There's all kinds of adults around and the moderator gets you to get up and we're going to have a five minute break and we're going to talk with the people around us. You, you've probably been in those kinds of situations already. Have you ever thought about what us men start to talk about almost right away? What's one of the questions that we ask us a uh, complete stranger, maybe within the first five minutes. What do you work? What do ladies talk about? What's one of the first questions they will ask? Uh, do you have children? And what's your? Yeah. I I think that is so fascinating. I I have, Yeah. It's just. Again, it just comes. I I think it's a creation principle. It's it's something we were designed by God to to relate in that way. <clears throat> um, I'm probably gonna make some of my more uh, debatable or strongest statements in these next couple minutes. And uh, yeah, just just hang with me. I, uh, just, let's just pretend we're neighbors talking across the fence, all right? Um, there is definitely. As we move away from this agrarian culture that we've had in the past where men worked at home, we're finding more and more pressure for women to also work away from home to take up jobs. Um, is this is this really what we want? Is it, is it serving us well? Um, I, I, I tend to think, based on some of the things that I pointed out, some of the... Uh, passages that we looked at, that I think a woman's role should be service-oriented in nature. And I think primarily service to other women and children according to the commands of Scripture. It's one of the responsibilities of women is to teach other women and children. Um, I think in connection with that, I, I I think that a woman's primary focus should be at home. Even just taking Genesis three and, and looking at some of the more uh, com- complexities that come into a, or have come into a woman's life as a result of of sin, I guess. I'll, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to resonate with all of that. But there's been lots of polls taken. Not I don't know of one Amish Mennonite Amish or Mennonite poll, but there's lots of polls taken that That show that when women work when mom works outside of the home, it generates a lot of problems in that home and it just it just seems to me that if there are secular polls that show that, why wouldn't we sit up and listen why wouldn 't we take notice to that um, again i i i I feel like i can 't uh, really get my fingers around this entirely but when a woman enters the workplace, when she takes on the role of, let's just say, CEO or a business owner, I wonder if she doesn't enter into, in a way she enters into some of the complexities that are man's, that are for a man to deal with. So she has all of her own complexities, plus what she encounters in the in the workforce i'm just going to finish here by saying that i i believe it's just so important for us to understand that men and women have equal value not equal roles i i think throughout yeah i I think i've emphasized it enough even dr phil for for everything you want to say about Dr. Phil, he is purely a secular counselor, marriage counselor. And he says, he uses all these funny illustrations. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. But he says that a man should be the hunter. He should be the attacker. He should kill something and bring it back to the cave. And a woman is responsible to make that something beautiful. Now, yeah, I was just going to point out in relation to typology again, if it is indeed true that Christians, the church, is like Eve or like godly women in general, I think the church's primary responsibility is to teach and make disciples, right? Service-oriented. In that same way, I think if the typology continues to carry through, I think it is Christian women's primary responsibility to serve, to serve the people closest to them and however far that circle takes them. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I feel like I have lots to learn in, in this, and uh, I, my prayer is that all of us together would have been sharpened by our little study on this. Thank you for your attention.